You're listening to News Radio KMAN. Now back to the game with Mitch Fortner, David G, and Troy Coverdale. One, two, three, four. Ah, uh, Travion, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Wish it was longer. Who is that? The Ramones. Ramones, okay. When I, they were on The Simpsons. I thought it was, but it moved so quickly. All right. <laughs> Travion playing that for me. Today's my birthday. Whatever. All the songs have been birthday themes so far. I don't know if you noticed. Cause I noticed two. Yes. Um, of course, Beatles. And then this one. What was the other one? Um, the other one was Jimi Hendrix's Happy Birthday. Oh, song. I guess I just didn't notice that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, appreciate it. So there's that means there's another one coming yes. up here shortly. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you know, number one song of the day coming up at 540-ish. And uh, I've been saving a song for this day. Which also, another thing, tomorrow will be our 400th number one song of the day. So that means another song I've been saving for a special occasion. So this is going to be a good week for number one songs mm-hmm. of the day. And I'm also not going to be on the show Thursday, so that means a number two song of the day from Troy. It's going to be a good week for number one songs and number two songs. Get get the wheels turning here. I looked up an article just to see what songs may have gone number two, maybe songs you'll use in the future. Mm-hmm. There's some bangers. Mm-hmm. There are some bangers like it's kind of shocking what didn't go number one. Oh, yeah. And what blocked their way to number one a lot of times. All right. So I wouldn't normally make a big deal out of something like this, but I just don't want to lose this. Okay. I don't want to lose this. Fox College Football on Twitter has been doing a bracket of 64 for best fan bases in college football. Mm hmm. K-State made it to the route of 32, and it's a fan vote. It's like a two-day fan vote on Twitter. And in the first round, K-State beat Auburn. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Are we going to go roll Aggieville? Probably not. (laughs) Or Triangle Park? No, let's not do that. But now this matchup in the round of 32 is way more important because it's Nebraska. And guys... I don't like to lose to Nebraska in anything. I don't care if it's just some Twitter poll like this. And it's close. This poll already almost has 16,000 votes, and it was launched at noon. And K-State is up at 51.5% to 48.5%. So it's close. I want it more marginal. Than, I want it wider. I want a wider gap. I want 55-45 by the end of today. So, fans, if you haven't voted, go vote. Fox College Football, find K-State, Nebraska. This is important. Did you see, by the way, the run of really bad CGI videos from the early 2000s yeah. that were showing up on Twitter this Aren't those weekend? the best? 2001 Nebraska, where the sower that stands on the Capitol is doing Raise the Roof. I mean, it was so 2001. Oh, it, is, it was so incredibly funny. Incredibly cheesy. And you would think back then they would have better... Graphics, I guess. Mm-hmm. But no, that, that was about right. That mm-hmm. was definitely PlayStation <laughs> 2 graphics. Oh, it was funny to watch those 
And, the Longhorns one was creepy. And it, yes, that was. Uh, but it still wasn't too bad. I mean, the Longhorns running to the stadium, and then when they get to the stadium, there's zap, it, zaps by Earl Campbell yeah, and, who, and I can't Ricky. remember who else. Ricky Williams, that's right. And then they turn into these minotaurs, basically. Yeah, great, yes, great, yes, great. Yeah. And you nailed it. Yeah, I, I could have done without that. No, no, I loved it. At, at at that point, just do them as players in uniform and helmet. Of course, you have minotaurs. a Willie the Wildcat. Crazy Train. Yes. We all remember those. My favorite one, though, was Purdue. The one that came up about Purdue because they used Power Man 5000. Mm-hmm. That one is maybe the best one. And they had, like, fire and a whole bunch of stuff going on. Who had the plane? That Was it was that KU that had, like, the fighter jet just flying all over the place? I didn't catch that one. I believe it was KU. List. Okay. Like, it would... Why? It would, like, fly down towards the stadium and then, like, it was, like... Top Gun. It was like right before it's hit the stage, you pull up and just go straight up in the air. And when it hits the clouds, it all of a sudden appears a highlight from the mid two thousands. Okay, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, that would make more sense for Air Force. But then, like the plane, like then goes towards the tunnel into the KU locker room, and it shows still this you know facilities were crap and. <laughs> <laughs> High school locker rooms and <laughs> porta didn't potties. See, yeah, but there weren't any porta potties. Oh, didn't see any porta potties in the video. Didn't have those, huh? No. But there was also another one where um, remember they used to do the Willie skits. Yes. And the one that I saw on Twitter was when Nebraska fans. I mean, they were kind of dark. <laughs> they had yeah. some dark videos. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. They had Nebraska fans on the top of veneer. And they just dumped like corn cobs on Willie or something, and then they kidnapped him. They literally kidnapped him, taped him up with duct tape, and stuffed him in the back of a truck. Oh, jeez! I was like, man, we really made it personal. Mm-hmm. Those are really good. I, of course, they haven't done any of the Willie skits, like going to, running to the fifty well. yard line and tackling somebody since whoever's dressed up as a West Virginia Mountaineer. Had a seizure on the field. And was that, was was that a few who years it was? Yeah. I, I thought it was a Jayhawk that got smeared. Nope. nope. But I do know what you're talking about when the Jayhawk got hit and uh, the broke his leg. The head goes flying. No. I remember a broken leg. I thought there was a broken leg involved in one. I so. don't know about that. Okay. I can't tell you yay or nay. <laughs> if you're looking for the college football poll between Casey and Nebraska, I retweeted it at Mitch the Fort. And by the way, if you miss any of the show, podcast, newsradiokman.com. You can also search for the game KMAN. I feel like this is a uh, quote by now. Wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. I know a lot of people like Spotify. All right. Um, some observations from practice. I didn't make it to practice today, so I am kind of stealing some things from Twitter here. Uh, when it comes to injuries, and I don't like seeing this too much, uh, Khalid Duke was seen in street clothes mm-hmm. on the sideline, second straight week. He's not practicing. Um, and, of course, he's coming back from tearing up his knee last year. Um, so maybe things are progressing slowly than what we thought. But Coach thought, you know, felt very confident would be ready to go by September 3rd. Maybe just not quite into uh, the best shape he would want to be when it comes to practice shape and game shape. But uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll be ready to go sooner rather than later. Also, uh, not really partaking in, in many drills, at least what the media saw today was Felix, Andy, DK, Uzama, and Will Honus. 
So uh, that shouldn't be anything serious. Those guys, I'm sure, will be ready to go by September 3rd. There was one player wearing the red jersey that's absolutely no contact. You can maybe do some warm-up stuff, but there's no contact whatsoever, and that was Connor Fox, who plays tight end for the Cats, backup tight end behind Sammy Wheeler. Um, so that's really pretty much pretty much it when it comes to uh, any sort of injury stuff. Uh, we did find out over the weekend Wyatt Hubert, who was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals in the seventh round in 2021, is going to medically retire, and that is a just a really bad break for Wyatt. I knew how pumped he was about being drafted. He had a big party. It was getting getting a little worried that maybe he wouldn't be drafted, and he was. Had something to celebrate, and then ends up with a serious injury leading into last season. He never got to play a single play mm. in the NFL for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I feel really bad for him, but I wish him the best of luck and whatever he plans to do in the future. Now, now we can complain about something that uh, it really doesn't matter. But I've been boggling my mind because, of course, you know, K-State wasn't in the coaches' poll, was not ranked, and they ended up with the, the votes 45th. It's a little bit better in um, the AP Top 25 that was released at 11 a.m. this morning. K-State receiving 14 votes, and they're receiving votes. They're not in the Top 25, but they're 37th. So, you know, not bad. But I was asking my question myself a question, and maybe, Troy, you may have a different opinion or a same opinion. I'd love to hear what you have to say. If I was voting, would I rank K-State preseason top 25? I boggled my mind for a good chunk of time today on yes or no. And I might get beat up after the show. But I'm actually leaning towards no on a preseason top 25. And I know... I, I, I'm very confident in Adrian Martinez. But it's just kind of like, just prove a few things to me. Show some consistency. I'm going to feel really good about it. I also feel that way about the safety position. I want to see the depth at linebacker. Just some things I want to see happen. But doesn't mean I'm not very confident about K-State being successful this year. Absolutely being a dark horse for the Big 12 championship. But I also like what I said to Robert Allen in the first hour. I like the underappreciated. I like that kind of bulletin board material. If you're looking at it from the outside and you're trying to assess this team right now, you know that A, change a quarterback. B, change an offensive coordinator. One game under his belt, but still change an offensive coordinator. That has you wondering. The lack of consistent production at wide receiver and the question marks that exist there. Defensive depth. Someone on the outside of the program looking right now going, boy, they lost a lot after last season. It's easy to not rank them. It's easy. I mean, th- those are those are all marks where someone's looking at that going, yeah, we don't know what this team is going to have. It's easier for us to sit here and look at, what is in the program long term and this is where uh, whether it's the coaches poll or the ap poll a lot of times it's just a throwaway for certain voters you know we joked about it with 
the vote for Texas as number one in the coaches poll and joked about who it would be and you know the running gag for Nick years Saban. Is, yeah the running gag for years though has been it's either administrative assistants or sports information directors that are actually doing the coaches poll that said uh you know with the AP depending on whether their beat is truly college football or if they're a columnist general columnist a lot of times you know they may not be as attuned to what's going on with a program and they just look at it and it's the blue bloods and the other thing that always plays into that as well is, okay, how'd they finish last year? And I it, I hate it. It drives me batty when they do that preseason poll that way, but it's how it plays out every year. Oh, hey, Alabama was strong, number one. Now, if you... If you're the type of fan that would rather have K-State preseason top 25 target on the back, I mean, yeah, preseason poll doesn't mean a whole lot. It really It's going to change so much throughout the year. It's just something to have for week one. And K-State being ranked or not ranked doesn't bother me one bit. But if you rather have them target on their back, ranked, all that, give it a couple of weeks. You take care of South Dakota, who is ranked 26th mm-hmm, in the FCS poll, which, you know, I mean, Southern Illinois last year, I think, was ranked seventh preseason. So if you just want to go by that, you do the math. South Dakota lost a lot from a year ago. But Missouri, who could very well have a pretty solid freshman running back. Um, You know, first name Brady, last name who cares, quarterback (laughs) who's going to be the starter. And there's fans out there from Mizzou saying he's the next Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Mizzou is one of two teams to not be in the top 25 or receiving votes in the SEC. So if you're Mizzou, wow. that's actually might be kind of embarrassing. Wow. To be one of two. The other one, of course, is predictable. Vanderbilt. If you wax both of them or even you know a convincing win against Missouri, you're jumping into the top 25. And now maybe you're starting to feel like you're getting the respect you deserve all right when we come back we're going to hear from the new offensive coordinator he's also going into the ring of honor this year and that's colin klein he spoke with the media earlier today that's coming up next the game on kman with mitch fortner troy coverdale travion berkland I can have a show on Friday. It'll be a best of because uh, Travion and I are going to a concert. Allison Chains, Breaking Benjamin, and Bush, Missouri Amphitheater, Bonner Springs. Nice. It's going to be my last fun activity, most likely, before <laughs> we. <laughs> football just takes over our whole lives. Pretty much, yeah. Which, by the way, speaking of football, uh, K State Soccer will open up their regular season. Thursday, this Thursday, mm-hmm. Boozer Family Park taking on the Northwestern Wildcats. So Big Ten will be in town. Then they turn around Sunday afternoon and have another match. How many games are you, you announcing this year? Uh, uh, five. Oh, wow. So, uh, and that will be number two on the docket because I get to go make fun of my good friend, Tim Barrera, the soccer coach at Northern Colorado. Oh, yeah. Who's uh, been installed, by the way, as a number one favorite in the preseason in the Big Sky. Oh, good for him. So, yeah, we've got uh, 
That'll be the matchup on Sunday afternoon out at Boozer. Well, I will be announcing one soccer game this year is in the public address announcer's booth, and that's Thursday against Northwestern. Okay. So I'm I'm just jacked to see the video board, like, in motion, yes. game time, just to see the uh, the graphics, see what uh, K-State Athletics has been able to do for uh, enhancing, once again, making it even better for fan experience here at K-State. Another thing to mention, I should have brought this up in the last segment, but Texas, you mentioned receiving the first place vote in the coaches poll. Mm-hmm. They are not ranked in the AP Top 25, but of course, of course, in the wake of one player being basically suspended indefinitely and uh, two players who are going to be missing the season for uh, injury reasons. One of them, wide receiver who transferred from Wyoming and then probably, maybe, their best offensive lineman. So what was, again, promised to be a great season, (laughs) the rebirth of Texas football is already in the preseason – Starting to crumble. Unless they find a backup five-star to take their place and uh, be underwhelming as well. The Texas football recipe, Mm -hmm. from what we've seen. It's amazing, isn't it? About the past decade. All right, let's get to Colin Klein. Let's hear from the new offensive coordinator for K-State. This is his first time with the media here in the fall. And as you can imagine, was getting a lot of questions about well, yes, the offense in general, but also about Adrian Martinez, the new quarterback for the Cats. So let's hear from him. He's going to the Ring of Honor this year, and he is former K-State quarterback, Heisman finalist, and now offensive coordinator, Colin Klein. What's your overall on the quarterbacks right now? You know, I think we've made a lot of progress since the spring and, and a lot of some of the twists and things that, that we're asking of them. Uh, unbelievable group. I mean, top to bottom, they're uh, you know they're competing, they're they're on and, and improving in different areas that each one needs to, and helping each other out. Um, and obviously a very talented group. You know I think uh, uh, it's it's been a great group to work with. How's it having Adrian now? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. You know he's his arms feeling great and and haven't had any hiccups that way. And uh, you know I think finally being able to get reps in full speed and in a full environment is, has been really good for him. And. Uh, he's gotten better in two weeks, you know, and, and gotten more comfortable in, uh, in what we're asking him to do. So he's, he's been awesome. What's impressed you most about the offense so far? You know, uh, I, I think I, I really appreciate and, and have loved all of our guys, uh, how they've really attacked um, the, the practices. I mean, they are, uh, it doesn't matter if it's the ones, twos, threes, or whatever. I mean, they're, they're getting after it. They're competing. They're moving around. We're, we're getting a lot. Uh, we're getting some more reps. Um, you know, uh, uh, but uh, and, and they've just jumped in and, and, and attacked the, you know, the, the new stuff we're asking. But um, I think that's been the most impressive thing, you know, because we, we've stressed them, you know, and adjusted our install on some things and, and really front loaded it. So they had a lot on their plate uh, right from the jump. And, and uh, you know, they got after it. What kind of building blocks are you looking to establish in the next three weeks? Yeah, well, we got to, um, you know, we got to continue to have and, and develop depth at running back. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of those guys are doing a great job. I mean, DJ Giddens has really improved over the last couple weeks. Um, Anthony Frias has done some really nice things. Uh, you know, and there's a couple guys in that group that, uh, you know, have really come along and, and are getting better, which is, which is going to be important. You know, we, we got a lot of versatility up front with, with guys being able to move around and, and play some different positions. Uh, you know, and, and that'll be important for us, you know, through, through the stretch of things. Um, you know, but it's finding that right 
right mix and, and, and exactly right match that, uh, you know, how exactly that's going to go. And it's, there's a lot of guys competing. There's a lot of good scenarios. It's just trying to, you know, nail it down and find out what, what the best one is. First time offensive coordinator, how much time do you spend, you know, in front of a whiteboard just drawing up your own plays you want to show people this season? Yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, uh, you get a little creative and the, the staff kind of brings you back down a little bit, you know, like, hey, like, let's, let's, uh, you know, be re- be realistic. But again, it's a credit to our guys and the staff. I mean, we're we're pressing forward and, and trying to, uh, you know, expand and, and and do a lot of things and, and put pressure on people, you know, and within what we do. But uh, it, it's it's been a lot of fun, you know. But we got great support and great staff. It's been good. That's more fun. Are you happy? You know, kind of being that trigger man, you know, at the the helm of the offense. You know, it's it's an honor. You know, it's it's it, obviously it's. Uh, playing quarterback without playing a little bit, you know, so that, that part's been, been a lot of fun. But, again, it's just trying to make sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can for the rest of our staff offensively and for our guys just to give them the best chance to be successful, you know, and whatever it takes to, to not let them down in that way and, and make sure that we're, uh, we're doing everything we can to, to put us in the best position. That's, that's the most important thing, you know, and we'll, we'll have fun being excellent along the way. How's Cooper BB uh, adjusted to it's kind of a dual role, inside and outside. He's an absolute stud. I mean, top to bottom. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he's always helping. He's always, oh, hey, there you are. <laughs> Didn't see you there. Um, you know, but uh, just being able to communicate, help lead those guys, uh, solve problems before they happen, uh, you know, and, and know where, you know, uh, a possible mistake or bust is going to happen and eliminate it before it happens. And, and obviously being extremely gifted and hardworking is, uh, I mean, he's all around, uh, top shelf. Philip Brooks led you guys in receptions at the Texas Bowl. Just wondering, now that you've gotten more of a chance to work with him, is there just something about him that uh, allows him to get open, just just be there in the offense? Philip works his tail off, and and he is he is. Uh, I, I feel he's even taken another step this camp, and he got better through the year last year. Uh, this camp, he's put on a little bit of weight. Um, you know, our support staff is helping him take care of his body to be able to help his endurance and, and whatever, and he's. Uh, really taking command of that, and uh, you know he's he's playing with a, with an edge. Uh, he's really playing with an edge, and, and like a seasoned, you know, four-year guy, uh, you know, player does. And, and he's he's been awesome in that room. He's got a lot of swagger and and uh, provides a lot of leadership there. How much easier does it make your job in year one as the offensive coordinator to have a guy like Adrian who's just played so much college football? Uh, it helps a ton. It helps a ton. You know, and I think it's been it's been really good both ways because. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways that people do different things, and a lot of different ways sometimes people try to do the same thing. And so, being able to have him have a different perspective on some things, similar in others, um, you know, he's he's worked his butt off and is a student of the game, and so he's got a great foundation and football IQ to him. Um, so it's he's he's great to work with, and, and we love studying the game, and, and he's been great. How's Adrian executing against? Full speed defense. Is he taking care of the ball? You no, know, he he's doing a good job. He uh, uh, he is very aggressive, right? And and he can make every throw on the field. And he's an electric athlete. And and my biggest message to him on that is, because you you cannot play quarterback scared to make a mistake. You cannot uh, say, hey, I can't turn this ball over or can't fall. No, you cannot. You can't think like that, you know. And so it's been, but you can think of, hey, how do I manage the football game? How do I make smart decisions? How do I you know, you can't think, "Hey, I got to go win the game on this play." You got to let the system and, and the machine do its work, and and uh, you know, trust your teammates and understand, "Hey, well, you know, 
don't force anything, we'll do it on the next one. I think we've made strides in that area. Is there anything he's done uh, during preseason practices that surprised you, you didn't anticipate? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I just, I've loved his approach. He's been uh, extremely uh, impressive on, on all fronts. And, and uh, you know, we still got half a camp to put our nose down and, and try to get as good and prepared and, and get this ship as tight as we can before we, before we go out there September 3rd. There you have it. That's Colin Klein, K-State Offensive Coordinator. He'll be going in the Ring of Honor on September 3rd. I believe they'll be honored at halftime, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, what was also observed at uh, at practice today from the media was that uh, Colin Klein has taken a page out of Bill Snyder's playbook. And what was seen was when the offensive players were doing their stretches, Colin went up to every player. Mm. And shook their hands, which we would, of course, see if he got there early enough during pregame during the Snyder era, he would go shake the hands of players. I don't think he shook every hand, but quite a few. While you heard New Sensation or some ACDC or uh, some Asia in the background, <laughs> he would say a quick, lo- <laughs> quick hello to the players that were stretching during that time in pregame. And maybe we'll see Colin do that during pregame of games as well for this upcoming season and in uh, the future ahead. All right. Up next is our number one song of the day, and today's my birthday. There's been a song I've been saving especially for this day because it's a song that Linz and I like very much. We listen to it all the time, and that's coming up next. From 1987, it's a total banger. I knew you were waiting for me by Aretha Franklin and George Michael. Two weeks at number one. Yes! God, I love this song so much. So good. Is it your favorite song ever? Is that why it's your it's birthday not, song? No, it's not my favorite song ever. It's probably my favorite duet. Okay. Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul from Memphis, Tennessee. Rolling Stone at one time ranked her the number one artist of all time. In 87, she became the first female artist to ever be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she passed four years ago tomorrow. Mm. At the age of 76, George Michael from England rose to fame with Wham, and then later embarked on the solo career. 2015, Billboard ranked him 45th on the top 100 artists 
of all time. He died Christmas Day 2016. Aretha, Aretha Franklin, 38 studio albums, 43 top 40 hits. This was her last of two number ones for George Michael. Seven studio albums, 24 top 40 hits. His fourth of eight number ones. This was released on Aretha Franklin's album, her 31st, called Aretha. I can listen to this on repeat any day of the week. It's so smooth. When you really listen to how well those two voices melded, it is so stinking smooth. Well, at this point, Aretha Franklin and George Michael were kind of on different paths. Because Aretha, you know, saw a drop-off in her career. You know, that's why she got the, the Rolling Blues Brothers in 80. Sure. Started to make a comeback in 85, but in 87, when this came out, it really launched her once again to the top with a number one song. Meanwhile, George Michael was just coming off a string of hits with Wham. Mm-hmm. And this was right in between him being with Wham, with Andrew Ridgely, and going solo. He didn't record his first solo album until a little after this song being released in 87. However, in 84, George Michael was approached to write and produce a song for Aretha Franklin. He was very intimidated because Aretha was one of his favorites of all time. He felt more comfortable trying to write songs for Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. But he had to pass it off. He was very busy with Wham! at the time. And then later on, some songwriters wrote this song, and had somebody else initially in mind, and that was Tina Turner. Hmm. But they also thought at the same time that Aretha Franklin would knock this out of the park, and it was their idea as well to get George Michael involved, because they remembered a few years ago that song in 84 that George Michael might write. They got him together, and it was officially released on the Aretha album in 86. It went on to win the 1987 Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a duo or group. <laughs> Gonna play this song after the Cats win the Big 12 title in Arlington de- in this December. I knew you were waiting for me, Trophy. I knew you were waiting. <laughs> uh, Rolling Stone at one time released a top 20 list of the best duets of all time. It was in the top 20, coming in at number 13. And I didn't look ahead of time of what would have been number one. I have an idea. I'm scrolling now. I figured. Islands in the stream. Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. I I like this one more. Number two is Endless Love. I like this song more. Here we go. Mm -hmm. 
Here comes that high note. God, they just crushed it. I think, they, yeah. God. Number three is Stevie Nicks and Don Henley, Leather and Lace. I like this song better. My personal opinion, of course. Where's Say 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 on there? It's got to be. 666, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm looking. It's not in the top 10. Not in the top 15. I don't think it's in there, man. I'm sorry. Shame, shame. It's not in the top 20. What was I got to find out what number four was. Dumping George and Aretha, number 13. Come on. Number four is... Uh, Saturday Love, Sherelle, is that? Am I saying that right? And Alexander O'Neill. Mm-hmm. I've I don't think I've ever heard of that. Maybe if I heard it, I would. Number five is I'm Your Puppet, Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell. Yeah, come on, guys. Now, okay, number six is a pretty good one. Reunited, Peaches and Herb. Okay. I mean, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> I mean, does anybody disagree with me that this is not just a complete banger? I or I think it's an amazing banger. I think it's amazing. It's a fantastic song. It's a banger. Whatever you, you, words you want to use to describe how awesome this song is. I would definitely anybody disagree. Uh, no. Reunited. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Islands in the stream I could see. Endless love I can see. This song right there, to me, in that mix, above them, above the others that you listed there, reunited. Just I'm I'm not I'm not no. Uh, I've heard it enough times. No, Joe Cocker. Um, oh, love lift us up. I don't see that listed here. Uh, I, who, and, who was that uh, with? Uh, oh man, what was uh, something Warren? Uh, Jennifer Warren. Thank you. Yeah, Jennifer Warren's. And yeah, that's oh, that's actually Maxine Green. Okay, so it's te- 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 technically a trio. I can't even speak. I'm so fired up. But yes. It's good. It's really good. But Say 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 needs to be on there. Come on. <laughs> it's the biggest hit of both their solo careers. <laughs> but they weren't solo. Oh. They weren't solo? Not, not in that song. They're duet. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm yeah. just saying, in their individual <laughs> careers, that's the biggest hit within their individual. Careers. Now, let let me put this out there as well. So, according to Billboard, this song "I Knew You Were Waiting" is technically Aretha Franklin's biggest hit of all time, mm-hmm. bigger than "Respect." R e s p e c t. That's crazy. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, again, personally. This is one of my favorite songs. It, my favorite song from Aretha Franklin. Not maybe George Michael. I, I, I lean towards Careless Whisper. Except though that qualifies still with Wham! As opposed to... That is a bit tricky. Because mm-hmm. it's been listed both as a single by George Michael and also a Wham! song. But mm-hmm. Andrew Ridgely is nowhere to be found. In the music video, in the song... It's like George it's Michael George, of, Ray, of Wham. Yeah, it's a George Michael song. It, it is. 
All right, uh, Travion, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Ask Us Anything hosted by Travion is next. Travion, the floor is yours. All right. I asked these questions to Troy last week, but I'm curious to hear your answers. Okay. Um, have you traveled? Have you ever traveled outside of the country? I have not. So here's the deal. I have not, but I have seen with my own two eyes at ground level Canada. Mm. I've seen Canada, but I've never technically stepped foot in Canada because, and I was also looking to the south because I was in Detroit. And that's mm. the only place mm-hmm. you can find Canada south of the United States in that little town of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. But no, I've never left the country. My plan is to in the next 365. To where? I don't care. <laughs> Mexico, Europe. Right. I'll go anywhere. And do you collect anything? PA jobs. <laughs> Boy, you're not kidding. You know, uh, I collect magnets from everywhere I've broadcast at a game outside of Kansas. I have a, I have a magnet from every place I've been other than two places. Uh, Ames, Iowa. Because there aren't really any magnets for Ames, Iowa, hmm. and uh, Palo Alto, California, where I've been there multiple times, but they don't really have any magnets either. You would think they would. Odd. My former color, my former color analyst was doing the Starbucks mugs for each place. I um I collect DVDs that I bought in 2009 out of the five dollar bin at Walmart <laughs> that are collecting dust. Because I used to buy one every time I went to Walmart. Really. Every time. I would find something. Um, what fashion trend needs to be ended now that you see currently? Oh. Um, I don't like the suit pants like being above the ankle, like cutting off four inches before your shoes. So we have kind of bias on that because it's kind of a Michael Jackson look, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but everybody show everybody show an ankle. Yeah, he he was least wearing socks, you know, but Crocs. Yeah, yeah Crocs. How about that comeback? Jesus. Um, also, I'm not a big fan of like the tight sh- jean shorts. No, that dudes are wearing now. No. What? I don't think I know what you mean. Just like, like straight to the leg on the thigh. <clears throat> Is that what you mean? I mean, they're, they're about as long as my shorts, you know, just above the knee. It's like they took skinny jeans and turned them into cutoffs. That's kind of weird. Something I would never <laughs> wear, but I mean, whatever people want to wear, I guess. I'm not a, the I'm male, not a fashion person. The, the male version of Daisy Dukes, I guess. It now, just yeah. I used to really be like almost offended of people wearing band shirts of bands they have absolutely no idea about. Like you could ask them, name three songs by ACDC. And they would have no clue, but you know, whatever. You know, I guess in a way you're promoting the band. It sucks seeing a Nirvana shirt on sale at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I would never, ever, ever buy a shirt, a Nirvana shirt, a Rolling Stone shirt, Beatles, Queen, from Walmart. I would never do it. Target maybe, but not Walmart. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt seeing that. I'm like, none of these kids even know who Nirvana is. I bought a Metallica shirt from Target. And it was like a medium. Wash it one time, and I mean, it shrunk <laughs> to a kid's large. That's what happens with those 
retail store shirts. All right, we got to go. Tomorrow we're going to get a preview on West Virginia football for the 2022 season. For Travion, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats. Go Cats.